a lot of companies still stuck in a last click attribution world, right? That's an old school metric. It's been around for 20, 25 years. And it attributes the conversion event to the last impression or last click. Click-based attribution, specifically last click, it creates some serious challenges. Stuff that is real low in the funnel is going to get all the conversion value. The upper funnel would never pay out. Like you will never measure the upper funnel efficiently using last click conversion. I'm spending money here, but I can't measure its effectiveness because all of the conversion value is getting attached to the lower funnel. But then you think about the social landscape. The research and data is hugely significant. When we combine all of these different touch points. Build that long-term loyalty. And then diving into the clicks to leads to sales. It's gotten to a point where it can drive better results than audience targeting. And really is what's going to set you apart. You're tuning in. You're tuning in. You're tuning in to the How Agencies Thrive podcast. Marketing efforts today use the most number of channels and platforms to reach prospects than they ever have before. So naturally, there's a lot more data available. So how do you, as a marketer working with a brand, in an agency or an independent consultant, make sense of things and make data work for you instead of drowning in numbers? In short, how do you make attribution work for you? Let's talk to an expert and find out more. Hello and welcome to the How Agencies Thrive podcast. I'm Sneha Suhas from StackAdapt and joining me, we have Ryan McClurkin, Chief Analytics Officer at Jewelry Television. Thanks for being here. Excited to pick your brain about all things attribution. Before that, I'll pass it to you for an introduction. Please tell us about your professional background, areas of expertise, and also about Jewelry Television. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um... You know, first off, I'd like to say uh, Jewelry Television, we're, the, we're kind of the largest non-bridal uh, jewelry seller in America. Um, we're a home shopping network. Uh, that's how we started. And if you want to think about that as a QVC or an HSN, but we sell primarily jewelry um, in that space. And um, like I said, kind of the largest non-bridal jewelry website in America and just seller of non-bridal jewelry. That's kind of our expertise is in colored gemstones. And we sell a lot of jewelry in that space. So you know, give you some background on me. Um, I've been I've been in the industry about 12 to 13 years um, in the analytics space. And, you know, we cover all different kinds of verticals of analytics when it comes to to retail. Um, we, we cover everything from, you know, what I'll call financial, financial forecasting, um, different types of retail analytics as it relates to sales volume, customer analytics. We do a lot of customer lifetime value modeling. And then one of the, you know, and and a lot of merchandising analytics as well, Um, you know, what sells well, what doesn't sell well. Um, At any given time, we'll have about 40,000 active SKUs. So we do a lot of pricing analytics as well, dynamic pricing. So all kinds of different verticals of analytics. But one of the most interesting ones for me personally, because I've also have a background in e-commerce, is the the digital media side, Uh, digital advertising and commerce, uh, commerce media. Um, Very interesting side for me when when we are well-developed in that space. Um, you know, we started this journey back in 2016 and 17 to really kind of bring what we'll call our, our digital media analytics to the forefront. Um, and we've come a long way in that in that space. So that's that's a really interesting space for me personally. I have a, a passionate about that space and excited to talk to you about it today. Thank you. It's uh, yeah, great to hear about your journey and your experience so far. So excited to start this chat with you. To just start off, um, I wanted to ask you. Um, about attribution, how would you define attribution? Yeah, so when when you think about attribution, you know, you know, there's a there's a lot of different what I'll call attribution models in in the space, and you know, when we get though to just the theory of attribution, 
you know, and that's where we had to kind of go in 2017. But when you think about the theory of attribution, it's really any type of impression that leads to an order. I'll just, I'll just, if you want a real broad definition of how we think about it, it, it's a, it's any impression, marketing or advertising impression that leads to a, a conversion, an order, you know, and, and everybody's different in a retail world. We're looking for, for orders and customers. Right. Um, but you could think about it as if you were running like a newsletter as a sign up or, you know, any type of conversion event. So any type of impression that leads to a conversion event is, is kind of broadly how we think about attribution. And that's important that I say that broad definition, because I think we're going to end up talking about, you know, all the different attribution models like last click attribution or first click attribution and, and some of the flaws associated there. But generally speaking, we're, we're going to define attribution as any impression, whether it's a display or a click or, you know, I hear it on the radio. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a brand or impression that leads to a conversion. And um, what would you say are some of the uh, old school attribution practices people still kind of stick with? And uh, what are some of the new ways to approach this? Yeah, I, I think when, when you look at the space, it, it's, it, it's, it's still amazing to me with, with modern analytics, how undeveloped the space is in terms of the attribution methods. So, you know, when you think about what a lot of companies still do, um, you know, I'll go to different trade shows and whatnot, and you'll see a lot of, a lot of companies still stuck in a, a last click attribution world, right? This is this an old school metric. It's been around for 20, 25 years, right? And it, and it attributes the, you know, the conversion event to the last impression or last click. Um, specifically, if you're talking about click and click conversion, there's, there's some challenges with click conversion in general, because I think there's a lot of brand impressions that happen outside of a click. Um, that create conversion. So we have to be careful of that, but that's, that's critical. But when you, when you think about some of the old school practices, I think some of the canned, what I'll call the canned attribution models, um, such as last click or even first click or linear attribution, um, there, there are, there are issues with it. And, w- and when you're dealing primarily with first party data, which a lot of companies deal with, right, where they run through their, you know, canned attribution models inside Google Analytics or Adobe Analytics, they're click-based to start. I think that's that's one of the challenges. You know, like I said, I think when you study attribution in general, um, in, in you know, with Stackadapt, for example, you, when, you, when you study display conversions versus click conversions, you'll see, you know, 80% of your orders happen in the display world from a conversion perspective versus just click. So if you're dealing with um, click-based attribution, specifically last click, it creates some, some serious challenges. One of those challenges is actually in the upper funnel, right? So when you talk about last click conversion, the first problem you're dealing with is the fact that you're only using a click versus using clicks and displays. But the second problem is, is that last click conversion, which is the most common attribution methodology in the marketplace right now, and it, it always has been, and I think there's some challenges with that, but it, it, it's going to attach all of that conversion value to the the things closest to the order. So you're talking about retargeting events, email, you know, brand search, you know, stuff that is real low in the funnel is going to get all the conversion value. And so when you think about companies out there trying to build, you know, let's say you have really low unaided brand awareness, for example, and you're trying to build your brand awareness, which ultimately you want a conversion out of that, right? Especially in the retail, from a retail, I'll talk, talk from a retail perspective, right? But from a retail perspective, you know, the reason we spend money in the upper funnel is to generate brand impressions and eventually a new customer, right? Like at the end of the day, it, it's, you know, you're, you you want those dollars to work for you. So you're spending money in that upper funnel to generate brand awareness, new customers, and that's ultimately what you want. But 
when you try to measure that, especially in the upper funnel, on a last click conversion basis, you have these these massive challenges because you can't you you will never measure the upper funnel efficiently using last click conversion. Um, and when you think about jewelry television's journey in that space, um, you know, I'll talk about this this journey that we've had over time. When we go back to 2017, 16 and 17, you know, we started to make some material investments in our digital media space. And one of the the biggest challenges that we had was last click attribution. We came in, we came in and we said, okay, we want to, we want to increase our digital investment substantially. And as an executive team, we came in and we said, okay, I came in and said, how are we going to measure it? Right. And, you know, we had Adobe or Omnitra analytics and we had this last click conversion reporting. And, you know, we'd come in, we'd sit down and we'd say, okay, well, how much did we spend last week? And how much did we generate? And what you ended up with was all the value going toward these lower funnel, all the value going to, to, to all the lower funnel campaigns and tactics, right? And when you think about that and the challenges that it creates is we couldn't balance our portfolio. We would say, okay, yeah, spend more money in the lower funnel. Then all of a sudden it wouldn't scale. Like you wouldn't get the scale you needed, right? And it's because you're not feeding the funnels properly. and it became really challenging as an executive team to spend in the upper funnel when you can't measure the efficiency in the upper funnel properly. Right. It, it, it would never pay out. Like when, when you're, when you're using last click attribution and some of the old school attribution models, the, the upper funnel would never pay out. Like you sit there and you go, okay, I'm spending money here, but I can't measure its effectiveness because all of the conversion value is getting attached to the lower funnel. And so, you know, we, after about a year, we said, you know, I stepped back and said, okay, how do you define attribution to start? And if we, if we say, you know, an ad theory, it should be any impression that leads to an order, right? Well, we're not measuring it that way, right? We're, we're measuring it all this, all this conversion value being attached to lower funnel tactics. And that's not the right way to think about it. Okay. So we stepped back and I said, if we look at basic ad theory, we, we kind of identified three major areas of concern. The first being attribution, which we're talking about, right? The second being what I'll call the ad dollar journey, which I think we'll talk about next. And then the third being some old school metrics. I think when you think about ROAS, for example, revenue on ad spend, your return on ad spend, right? Um, or E to R, expense to revenue, just the inverse of that. There are also some challenges in the different funnels with using kind of old school metrics. But, you know, from an attribution perspective, we really had to evolve out of that last click attribution to evolve into being able to make business decisions to spend money in the upper funnel and elsewhere. What were uh, the mixes looking like in terms of upper funnel and the lower funnel? How would you uh, say programmatic uh, played a role in all of this? Yeah. So, you know, at, at the time, like I said, it, for, from an executive standpoint, you know, and, and a lot of companies face this challenge, they're not going to spend money where they can't measure the value. I mean, in today's world, you you want to go spend ad dollars, you want to spend money, you better be able to show a return on that investment, right? Especially with, you know, as, as data analytics and reporting has gotten just bigger and bigger and there's this huge demand for it, you know, companies and executives aren't willing to spend money in places that they can't measure. I mean, now let's just start there, right? And that's just, a, that just becomes a fact. Like you, you need to be able to measure a return on investment and, and you need to be able to show the benefit of the dollar you're spending. It's especially true at our at our company culture. We try to measure almost everything, right? Almost, almost to a fault in a way. And so it becomes really challenging when you're trying to say, okay, you know, you've got a marketer coming in saying, 
you know, we're probably spent, we're, we're underspent in the upper funnel. Like we got to generate some brand awareness. And then you go to spend those, those dollars and you can't, you can't show a return on that investment. That creates a massive challenge internally, right? Where your CFO is sitting there going, hey, you're not generating a return on this investment. You like, like prove it to me, right? And then we'll spend the money. And so when you think about evolving out of that space, you evolve into what I'll call like the multi-touch attribution space, okay? And, and that's what we did. We evolved out of kind of this last click attribution or, or canned attribution models. We said, let's redefine, you know, I said, let's redefine attribution, right? Like, like when you think about it in general, an impression that leads to an order, let's step back and go there. And we came to our different providers and we said, okay, we, you know, we, we need some data feeds, right? We need, we need, if your pixel's picking up an order, I want to see all the impressions that lead to that order. Okay. And whether it's display, whether it's click, I, we're not going to differentiate because the decisions we've been making for the last year haven't resulted in the growth that we really want. So we're going to go back and we're going to reevaluate how we're measuring this thing. And we did that. We went through this process of uh, developing what I'll call kind of an in-house MTA model. Um, you know, we, we would consider it kind of a world-class measurement system. And what we ended up with was that we found we were we were way underspent in the upper funnel. Um, when you step back and you get outside of last click attribution and you go toward, you know, what I'll call including display impressions in your attribution model, when you go to a cost-based accounting type attribution model where you're not allocating all of the benefit to the last click, but you, you know, spread it across clicks, right? In sort of a linear cost-based attribution model, what we found is that we were way, way underspent. Our, our, our portfolio was way out of balance. Um, and we made adjustments to that. And, and from there, we've just seen tremendous results from it, you know, when we started to be able to balance the portfolio. But, but in order to be able to do that, like I said, you have to be able, you have to be able to show the benefit of the different funnels. And until you can do that, it would be almost impossible from a cultural standpoint of a company that wants, that needs to show a return on investment to be able to invest that way. Right. And, and, you know, I think that's, that's one of the biggest challenges is how, how do you show the benefit of the ad spend? Um, attribution plays a role in that. And then I'll call, I'll call what that we call the ad dollar journey plays a big role in that as well. Um, the ad dollar journey is wildly important. Um, there's a huge misconception that happens inside of, of, um, marketers where, under some of these canned attribution models and some of these canned measurement systems, advertising is one of the only places that I see the return on investment being measured against a cost that did not generate the return. And I'll give you an example. I'll come in. We did this every week. We have a we had, we had digital marketing every single week. We'd come in and we'd say, give me the last week, the last 14 days of results. What did I spend in the last 14 days? What did it generate for me? The reality is when you step back and think about ad theory, so, so this was another part of this process, right? We said attribution is one piece, but then let me step back and like, if I'm going to evolve my measurement system, I'm going to think about ad advertising theory in general. When we spend advertising dollars, it does not generate an order today or even in the next seven days. It generates a future order. There's a future order stream. When I spend $100,000, it's a future order stream that I'm looking to generate or a future customer stream or future conversion stream, if you want to think about it like that, right? Um, it's, you're spending dollars today to generate future conversions, and they may not all happen in seven days. They may not all happen in 14 days. In fact, only a fraction of them happen within seven to 14 days. 
right? And so when I sit here and I measure and I come in and I say, what did I spend in 14 days? What did I get as my return in 14 days or even seven days? What did I spend last week versus what I generated last week? It's really a miss. You're, 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 it's totally just a misinformation. The dollars I spent last week didn't generate the orders that I generated last week. The orders that were generated last week or the conversion events that were generated last week are a function of many previous weeks spends. Okay. And in reality, if you take it from a financial point of view, I should measure my return on investment against the cost that actually generated the orders. And it, it becomes really important in two cases. Okay. If you have a long-term sustained spend that's pretty stable, it kind of equals out. Okay. But when you're testing new campaigns, I'll give you two, two cases where it becomes wildly important. The first one is when you're testing new campaigns. If you're testing new campaigns and you're ramping them up, let's say I decide to turn on, you know, take an extreme example here, where I, I decide I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn on a campaign at 50000 a week. I'm going to just turn it on. Your CFO is going to be breathing down your throat in two weeks or three weeks to say, how is my, my spend doing? How is that new? I've spent $150,000. How's it doing? If you try to measure the return on that investment in the first three weeks against $150,000 in spend, they will tell you to turn it off almost 100% of the time. But the reality is that money you're spending generates a future revenue stream. So, so you better do a cost allocation that you're only measuring part of the benefit that will actually occur. Okay, so it's, it's a it's a fraction of the benefit in that first two or three weeks. It's a fraction of the benefit that will actually occur. So you better adjust your cost accordingly. You're not getting one hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of benefit in that first two or three weeks. You will long term, but not in the first two or three weeks. And so when you when you're presenting in your executive team or in your marketing teams, right, trying to measure against that full cost, you're going to turn that thing off. So that's that's one case that's wildly important. The second, the second case, which is actually more relevant in today's world, is you start to get into, say, a recessionary environment. And everybody's looking at cutting budgets, right? They're looking at cutting budgets. They're saying, okay, you know, let's an easy place in a corporate world to attack is marketing budgets. So it's it's just simply put, it's just an easy place because it's very flexible. You can turn things on and off really fast. It's easier than headcounts, it's easier than long-term contracts, right? Um, and there's always this. I'll say that sometimes there's this overarching doubt about the effectiveness of a marketing. Am I really getting the incremental dollar? Right. So one of the places that gets attacked is in a recessionary environment is marketing dollars. It happens every, every single time. Um, when you reduce budgets, the second case, when you reduce budgets, if you are under traditional old school measurement and attribution models, you're going to look like a genius for the first six to eight weeks. Because if I come in and say, what are my results for this period of time versus the cost in this period of time? And let's say I had a million dollar a week marketing budget and I'm going to cut it in half. And I come in the next week and I spent $500,000. And I'm going to say, I'm going to measure my results against that $500,000. Those first few weeks of results, it's, it's going to look amazing. You're going to say, oh, I'm, I'm spending half the money. I'm still getting the same amount of orders. I'm still getting the same amount of conversions. But in reality, those conversions are driven off of a higher spend level. Like the, the, the cost that generated the conversions when you cut your budget is not the new budget. That's going to hit you in six to eight weeks. It's the old budget that's generating the order still today. And so when you don't have your cost allocation right and your, and your attribution right, what starts to happen is in a recessionary environment, I start cutting budgets. I look really smart for a period of time and then it hits me. 
and in six to eight weeks, I wonder what happened. What happened to my business? Like, why, why is my business struggling now? Well, you looked really smart because you were measuring the return on investment against a cost that didn't generate the investment. And when you cut your budget, it makes you look really smart. But in reality, what's happening is you have this delayed impact in your business that you're not really accounting for up front. And so, you know, that's a critical piece, I think, in this, in this, you know, attribution is one piece. What I call the ad dollar journey is another piece. Um, trying to allocate your costs correctly so that you're actually measuring the return on your investment against the cost that generated the investment is critical. Um, especially in two cases, when you're ramping up campaigns and when you're cutting budgets. Because um, you can cut your foot off without even knowing that you cut your foot off in marketing. And Ryan, I have a question very specific to attribution models and how somebody can make a choice for their particular business. What is the method to approaching a an attribution model that fits your business and how would you go about this especially if you're just starting off yeah i think i think when you um in the in the market space when you, you know is if you're if you're like man i i need to evolve out of out of my current methodology right i think the most important thing is to think about ad theory so when you think about advertising theory such as attribution and you say okay really attribution should be defined as any impression that leads to an order because there's really no hard data out there that says the display is less important than a click or my heat, my, my view through on a CTV, for example, is less important than a click or my hear through if I'm doing radio is less important than a click, right? If you think about, you should think about ad theory in general, um, such as attribution, you should think about ad theory as it relates to cost allocation that we talked about. And the third piece is the return on your investment, how you're measuring the return on your investment. There's some business theory behind that that I think we can get into next, but you should really think about those three pieces and then say, how can I build a marketing measurement and attribution model that matches those the closest? Or how can I start to get to, to that environment, right? Like if, if I'm a heavy, like for example, if I'm a heavy radio advertiser or, you know, how can I build a hear through model, right? Like, for example, can I partner with my advertisers and say, you know, I need, I need to see when you have hear through, you know, hear through attribution and, and you're seeing orders, like, how can I go measure that? Right? Like, how do I, how do I do that versus a last click I see on my website? Right? Um, or, or if you're in the programmatic space, programmatic plays a huge role for us. Um, when you're able to measure the upper funnel correctly, um, you know, programmatic is, is a lot more beneficial than what people give it credit for. Um, and that's because they're trying to measure this, you know, this type of thing on a last click basis. But when you think about if you're a heavy programmatic uh, buyer like we are um, in the digital space, you know, how can I partner with my advertiser, for example, and and get the true attribution feed so I can start to study that and get it closer to matching ad theory, right? Last click attribution is very far from matching ad theory. And I think you have to be able to take the steps and what, and, and it'll depend on your capabilities as a company as well. Like, like what resources do you have available? Do you have an analytics team, for example? Can you partner with somebody to help you get there, right? But I think you have to, you have to think about the steps necessary to get as close to, to matching the ad theory as possible, right? A, the utopian environment would be you match ad theory perfectly, right? Across all your providers. That's, that's probably not a realistic environment, but you can certainly get there closer by partnering with your advertisers, such as Stackadab, for example, we have a great partnership. 
um, and we have some great data feeds that go back and forth for us to be able to measure this and be able to get closer to advertising theory than last click attribution or some of these canned first party models. I think if you're using just first party data, you're you're limiting yourself tremendously um, in being able to measure advertising the right way. You know, I think I think the third piece, which I'll talk about a little bit more about the business theory. So in the in the business theory behind what companies are trying to do. So it's, it, this is especially true with B2C, but it's really true with almost any model. Um, whether you're a SaaS model, whether you're B2B, really the end goal, uh, the utopian environment for, for any company, what they're trying to achieve is maximizing and incrementally increasing their customer lifetime value. Now I'm using customer very broadly here. For Stack Adapt, it's going to be B2B, right? Like they have a customer. The customer is the different clients they have, the different retailers. And what you're really trying to do is maximize the lifetime value that somebody spends with you, right? In a retail environment, our customer are actually individuals buying jewelry. And we're trying to maximize the customer lifetime value that somebody spends with us, right? And I think, you know, every single, almost every single business serves a client, right? They serve a customer. And what you're really trying to do is maximize and grow the total lifetime value of the business. The lifetime value being defined as kind of that future book of business that I have available, right? And, you know, I think this is a great example of like why Amazon grew for so many years without actually making a profit. Really what they were doing is just building this gigantic, gigantic customer lifetime value base, which eventually they're going to be profitable on, right? But for for two decades, you know, they showed almost no profitability in that engine. But really what they were doing is just building and building and building this gigantic total customer lifetime value. And, and in business theory, that's the ultimate hedgehog metric. Like if you can show that you're growing and incrementing your lifetime value, that 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 puts you in a really nice place as a business, right? And there's all these secondary metrics such as revenue and gross margin and all these. There's all these secondary metrics. But really at the end of the day, the hedgehog for every business, if they're going to be profitable and they're going to grow and they're going to have investors and they're going to they're grow their equity as a company is to maximize and grow lifetime value. So when you think about that as business theory, now let's think about that how, how that applies to advertising, right? The reason you advertise is to grow your lifetime value, right? And in the most utopian environment, you would be able to track changes in lifetime value to advertising spend, right? The reason people do re retargeting, for example, it's a very lower funnel metric, generally targeting existing customers. It, it's it's really a retention play. Retention play is a, a critical piece in lifetime value, right? The more engaged you can get your existing customer base, the higher the lifetime value, right? And so that's why people do retargeting. Generally speaking, we measure retargeting with a return on ad spend. Generally speaking, right? You're you're you, that's your proxy for I'm increasing or decreasing lifetime value. Like am I efficiently generating a return on my investment in the lower funnel? What you're really doing is you're saying, hey, if they come spend with me, I think they're going to be worth more in the future. Now, whether your company can directly measure that impact and how much it actually increases lifetime value is a, is a different thing. But that's, that's in the lower funnel. When you think about the upper funnel is actually where I see the biggest impediments in measurement. So even if you get the attribution model right, even if you get your cost allocation right, what is your return on investment metric in the upper funnel. A lot of companies still go back to ROAS. They try to measure all their funnels with ROAS. 
What you're generating in the upper funnel, if you want to think about it, most companies spend in the upper funnel for brand awareness and new customer growth. What you're really generating is a future revenue stream. When you generate a new customer, you're generating a future revenue stream. You're not generating, you're not, you're not consuming an existing revenue stream. You're generating a new revenue stream. So let's say your average order price point as a retailer is $50, right? We've got a $50 average order, order price point. In the upper funnel, when I have a conversion, am I really going to say, what am I willing to spend for a $50 order? Like that's your return on ad spend, right? I see, I see $50 come through and I spent X amount to get that $50. If you were to ask a team of executives, what are you willing to spend to generate an order? There's a very, there's a very big difference between what I'm willing to, to, to spend to generate a $50 revenue, a $50 order versus say a $500 revenue stream. Really what you're generating is a, is a new customer, which is worth a certain amount of money, right? And they're worth a certain amount of money in the future. And so Ask a team of executives, what are you willing to spend for a $50 order? Or what are you willing to spend for a $500 revenue stream? They're very different answers. I might be willing to spend $200 or $250 to generate that $500 revenue stream. There's no way I'm willing to spend $200 to generate a $50 order. And so until you adapt your measurement in the upper funnel, your return on ad spend, the return should be measured off of lifetime value, not the order of value that gets generated. And I think that's a critical piece. Like I think as you, as you, as marketers out there start to explore, like how they evolve from their current measurement and attribution models, try to get to where you're matching ad theory and business theory, right? And think about it as a, from a theoretical standpoint, from a conceptual standpoint, what would be like this utopian, what should, what should be my end goal, Right. My end goal should be when I generate new customers, how do I measure them off a lifetime value basis? There's a lot of problems associated with just, you know, cost per acquisition or cost to acquire a customer, you know, CPA or cost to acquire a customer because you're not taking into account what they're actually worth. You know, companies may, may say, hey, I'm willing to spend $100 per customer. Well, what are they actually worth, right? Like, like, like lifetime value is actually a, a better metric than, than, say, cost to acquire. And so, you know, I think you got to get to a place where you're getting closer to ad theory and you're getting closer to business theory. And I think that's a, that's a critical piece is, is how do you get to where you're matching? If you can get to a place where you start to match ad theory and you start to match business theory, you start making a lot better decisions with your ad spend, how it's allocated, how much you're invested. Um, etc. That sounds like a lot of things to consider. And it's probably easy to go very wrong, especially if there's a lot of data available. How how does a marketer know they're not looking at the wrong side of things? Yeah, I think I think a, a critical piece, um, a, a critical piece in this, you know, when you start to get a lot of the and, and they are large data sets, right? You start talking about display impressions, you start, you know, you, you start to increase your 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 data set massively, right? There's the other thing about digital media is this big tangled web, right? There, there's there's all these different impressions across all different tactics that lead to an order, and they go, okay, well, I'm I'm spending here on the order, I'm spending here on the order, I'm spending in all these different multiple places on the same order, right? And and it can get it can start to get confusing. I think a critical piece in trying to get through that confusion is is trying to measure incrementality. Okay, so at the end of the day, you're spending these ad dollars to, to generate orders, right? And testing fluctuations in spend is critical. That really helps you measure incrementality. Once you have your measurement in place and you feel comfortable with the measurement model, you know, I would suggest that you test incrementality, right? 
vary my spend, increase it, decrease it, increase it, decrease it, and start to try to get a sense of what is the incremental benefit I gain. Because it's not necessarily just about hitting some efficiency metric. It's not, it's not just, oh, what's my ROAS in the lower funnel, for example? Like if I'm at a $5 ROAS in the lower funnel, oh, that's great, right? What happens if you double your spend? Is it scalable, for example? If I double my spend in the lower funnel and I've got a really nice measurement system in place, does my $5 ROAS drop to $250 and I generate no incremental orders? Or does my ROAS stay at $5 and now I just generate a whole bunch of incremental business because I'm doubling my spend, right? And I think once you get a really nice measurement system in place, start to test new things. Don't be afraid to test things. If you've got the right measurement system in place, you can test things without over-allocating the cost and turning it off too soon, right? Test things and and and, me- and try to measure increments. Think about inc- increment. I, w- I would say think about incremental measurement theory, right? And how do I how do I know if I spend more money, I'm generating incremental orders? And and, and try to do that. That that that'll help cut through some of the confusion because there's going to be a ton of confusion around. Oh, well, and there's always these debates that happen like, well, I'm spending over here and they generate an order. This, this, this provider's claiming the same order. This provider's claiming the same. Order. Which one actually leads to the order? Well, you'll never know. I mean, like literally you don't know because you don't know, oh, if I just cut one of those people out, do I still land the order or were they the important impression that leads to the order? But you can start to test that by scaling spends and testing increment and measuring incrementality. You know, I would test test the scale of your campaigns and measure the incremental benefit coming from those campaigns. You know, if you double a spend, do you get less efficient or do you get more efficient? Or do you stay the same, right? Are you generating incremental business? I think, I think that's a critical piece too. It's not just about, Oh, I'm hitting this really nice, you know, efficiency metric, but as I scale it, does my efficiency metric hold? Am I generating incrementally efficient benefit to my business? Awesome. That's a lot of expertise speaking and um, just curious about uh, how you keep yourself updated. What are the resources you consume and maybe even recommend uh, these resources to uh, somebody who's been in the industry for a while or maybe even somebody who's starting off? Yeah, I think, I think um, you know, I, I, it, do, I do quite a bit of trade shows and just learning about what people measure, what's out there. You know, I think, I think just general research on on what is available in the space to measure and just really you know, I would say just really studying ad theory, like go, go read about advertising theory. If you don't have a background in it and kind of how, how it should work, um, be up to date on all the different, um, ad units that are available. So you don't get left behind, right? Like there's constantly new ad units and new ways to reach individuals. You know, you have this proliferation. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ryan. Um, your expertise, your experience, it just comes through when you speak. I'm sure each and every single person listening to this has uh, taken a lot of insights away from this episode. I, for one, learned a lot. So thank you so much for joining us and giving us your time. And to you, the one who stuck around till the very end listening to this, thank you for staying. And if you found value in this podcast, share it and uh, you know tell your teammates about it. It could be a cool resource to you know share on your work chat and... Uh, Subscribe to the podcast, download our episodes if you haven't listened to the previous ones. And uh, we release episodes every alternate Wednesday. So stay tuned and I will see you in the next episode. Until then, this has been the How Agencies Thrive podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the How Agencies Thrive podcast. 
If you like what you heard, then there's three things that you can do to support the show. Number one, subscribe. Number two, leave us a review. And number three, share our podcast on social media or with anyone who might find value in this content. If you have questions or feedback or just want to learn how agencies and brands work with Stack Adapt, you can find us at stackadapt.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.